Life happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. What I promised is a Q&A, a question and answer session with regards to all things related to UIF. I know many of you have had questions about your, your, your processes, things are not working out for you, the backlog and so on. So we decided to go straight to them. They have afforded us some time to answer your questions. 0891104207. This is the time to call in and ask your questions. I may not have all the answers. I've been telling you this before, but we will get the authorities in and this time we have somebody so if you have any questions related to UIF, whether you are the employer, whether you are an employee, whether you are someone who's lost their jobs, whatever the case may be in this regard, this is the time for you to call in 0891 is a Director of Communications and Marketing for Unemployment Insurance Fund. He joins us now on the line and thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate you making the time this afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pimelo. Thank you for the opportunity. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's extraordinary times and you are dealing with extraordinary things at the moment. Can you talk to us about how what we're seeing now with COVID-19 has affected the backlog that you already had with your other applications? Uh, no, let's separate the two. Okay. Um, our applications are continuing as normal. I think where there's been a lot of frustration is, one, it's because our offices are closed. Two, it's because the normal uh, call center that we use, we've had to close it so that we can uh, take those, those resources and uh, put them on the COVID-19 uh, uh, hotline <clears throat> for those queries. And what has been happening is that there are people who are drawing UIF money, mm-hmm. as we speak, and who are due to get their payments. Some have signed, say, on the 25th, towards the end of March. Some still have to sign now in April. And the big question is, what now with the, close, with the lockdown? Mm. And for those who have signed, who are waiting for their monies, what I need to explain is that around about the 25th, of March every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a system uh, uh, shutdown, I would say, yeah. because we are closing the year mm-hmm. and then we have to uh, close the year nicely so that we can account for um, all the monies, the expenses that we have spent and that information have in preparation of the annual report. Okay. So with the system closed and then we reopened it on the 1st of uh, April. So somebody who was expecting to be paid, say, between the 25th and the 31st, and there's no money in their account, would have been very frustrated by the process. But this happens every year. Okay. So that, that yes. So that's one separate thing. Uh, people uh, will be paid. Uh, we have started paying now for the... Ordinary benefits. I'm not talking about yes, the COVID-19 yes. benefit yet. Yeah. So, so, so you've just explained the fact that obviously there's a lockdown, the offices closed. For those who were in the process of applying, does that mean those must be put on hold at the moment? You're not taking those so applications. For those who, have, who are in the process of applying, we do have an avenue. Okay. 
We are saying if they have the resources of applying through the online channels, because mm. we do have, we are working, we do have people who are working, who are processing claims and applications. Mm. So online we are working, we are working through emails and faxes and all that. I can give all those details once we are done, maybe. But we are saying to answer your question, yes, uh, yes the physical offices are closed. If you go to our offices now, there won't be anyone as a result of the lockdown. But electronically, we are processing claims as we speak. Okay. It would, because of the lockdown, and understandably so, would there be an unfortunate delay in the processes of even those online applications? No, we don't anticipate any delays okay. at all. All right. Yeah, no, we don't. I think we'll stick to the normal timeline. Okay, let's take the calls. I've asked people to call in with their <coughs> questions because obviously people would want to have their own cases put forward. 0891 uh, uh, Donald, you are calling us from Rustenburg. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Pimelo. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Please go ahead with your question, Donald. I just want to know from the gentleman, I didn't get his name. But I, I want to know, is it good for the companies to claim on behalf of these employees? Because I think it, it, it will be easy, the, the, the pressure from their offices. Uh, in other words, what you're asking, Donald, is that instead of your... Are, are you specifically speaking... Oh, the line is bad. Donald, let's just try and allow you to switch off your radio and we'll come back. Um, maybe this is a question, uh, Mr. Botelezi, around this COVID-19 issue, because you, you do have yeah. a separate process, correct? For that. Yes, it, yes, we do have a, a separate process. Can I go ahead and explain? Yes, yes, sir. Or should we wait for but, Donald? Okay. No, please go ahead. Maybe, maybe you'll be able to Sorry. answer it. Yeah. So the COVID-19 uh, benefit scheme, or uh, no benefit, the yes, the, he's right. The employer has to apply on behalf of the employees. Mm-hmm. We 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 don't uh, allow individuals to apply directly. The employer has to apply on behalf of the employees because the information that we want rests with the employer. Uh, the payroll, they control the payroll system. They have the systems in place which we can get get this information only through them. Uh, so to cut, just to respond to that, mm. COVID-19 benefit is the employers who have to apply on behalf of the employees. All right. We wonder, and people have been asking this, I see even on the messages, where there are companies, the employer, who are likely to then apply on behalf of the employees and not pass it on. Yes, that has been, um, we've, we've, we've actually been, been discussing how do we close that gap. Yeah. And as part of the process, we're going to, um, if, 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 if you go on to the, to the email address that I will give later mm. for COVID-19, we will, employers are required to fill out a spreadsheet. Those who don't have a, a, a system, a, a payroll system, mm. they have to fill out a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. In that spreadsheet form, they have to give us details about those employers for which they are applying, their IDs, and uh, banking details, all the things that we want, the working hours and so forth. Mm. We take that information because these are employers who, uh, firstly, I must say, have to be somebody who is registered with UIF. Yes. So if they are registered, would normally have 
and they are paying monthly, we would have that information already on our database. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take the information that they give to us and match with what we have on our database mm-hmm. so that we avoid uh, them uh, putting names of people exactly. Yeah. And where and where where we have uh, uh, the account number of their employees, we will pay directly to the employees, ah. not the employers as such. Ah. So we'll pay directly to the employees. So there are scenarios like that. In fact, that is the first thing that we want to do. However, we have situations where we work through uh, other parties because there's this uh, worry that, you know, if I have 10,000 employers, UIF, you may not be able to handle the volumes. What do you do in that instance? So we are working with some of the bargaining councils, but the bargaining council says to its members, look, uh, I am going to be the one who interacts with UIF on your behalf. UIF, uh, members of the council, of, of the bargaining council, you will give UIF the details of who you are applying for. UIF, upon verification and uh, testing, the validity of the information will transfer the money to us and we will then pay the money to the companies. So we have such arrangements with some of the parking council, but it doesn't apply to everyone. There are instances where companies will come directly to us and in such instances we try as far as we possibly can that we pay directly to the uh, employees. Mm. Yeah. Because many of them have been saying that they've been forced to take what is called annual leave, but they suspect that the employer is applying, will receive that money and not pass it on. Donald, we're back with you. Let's just see if we answered your question correctly. Donald, are you okay with the answer? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very good. Thanks, Thank, thanks for him for clearing the air. Thanks very much, but Donald. But the other thing, my sister. Yes, sir. If it is possible, can you try to invite those people from Mukuru on the program? Mukuru, you know, is the subsidiary of growing. Okay, no problem, Donald. We will so do our possible. very best they to must do be all clear of their position because we want to claim this UIF, but they first thing they, they they refer us to the bank. So here around Rustenburg, I don't think we have that growing. All right. Le- so we'll, if we'll, it is possible, my sister, we'll, can you try to invite someone from Mukuru to explain? We'll we'll do our best. Because Donald. I am not, yeah, I'm sure we are not the one using that one. Many Zimbabweans and Malawians and more than Ligans are using that Mukuru. What is it for transferring man to their home country? All right. Donald there in Rustenburg. Thanks. We'll, we'll do our best to sort that out. Richard in Pretoria, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? We're well, thanks. Go ahead with your question, Richard. Uh, I will try to, to, to ask uh, about two things. Yes, sir. I'm the General Secretary of the Union of Local Employees in Mission Accredited South Africa. Mm-hmm. We are talking about embassies and international organizations mm-hmm. in South Africa. Uh, our employees are local staff working for missions. And uh, when you look at the structure in a mission in South Africa, it's a little bit different from the operation of a, a normal entity, uh, where we look at Vienna conventions and vulnerabilities around information. So my question here you know, will be, uh, since uh, the, their payrolls are inviolable, 
or any information from the mission to a third person. Uh, how is it going to be possible for uh, the Department of Labor uh, to communicate with the mission? Because it cannot do it directly. Uh, it has to be via DERCO, DERCO Embassy, and it's right now in front of the delay in a place. All right. Also, we have also we have a mission that are not contributing uh, toward the U.S. Uh, uh, I don't know how uh, it will be dealt with. All right. Let me just give Mr. Mutelezi a, a, a chance to respond. I mean, I think his concern is that those missions are not necessarily contributing to UAF. That's, I don't think this is in your, you know, you can't help that. Right, Mr. Mutelezi? Uh, sorry, what was the question? I mean, he, he's saying that he represents workers that are working for embassies and so on. And sometimes those people are not registered with UIF. Is there a way that you can assist them? I, I suspect you can't. Oh. Oh, no, public servants, I think they are public servants. UIF is, does not cover them yes. at the moment. Yeah. So we are all, I'm also working for government. Uh, we are not all covered at the moment, but I know the act was changed so that the, the public servants can be covered, but there is a process underway to sort that out. So all of us as public servants, including the staff at the embassies we are not covered by the uif at the moment we oh. cannot neither claim nor contribute at, at this stage okay lungisani yeah. you're calling us from Mpumalanga. good afternoon afternoon how are you i'm well thanks go ahead yeah i want to ask one i did lose my job end of january on the second of march i went and do my application for uif I wanted to find out, um, I was expecting that maybe I would get something end of the month, but I didn't get anything. Um, how long do I have to wait? Because I've been told that I just have to wait for 30 days. All right. Mr. Butelezi? Well, as Lung Sani says, he applied on the 2nd of March and he was told to wait for 30 days. And if, uh, like I said, on the 25th, the system closed, mm and uh, 30 days hadn't lapsed then. So I think now that we have reopened the system, he should be able to get his money in a week or so. Are you satisfied with that, uh, Lungisani? No, it's fine. I will take it as uh, I'm satisfied. All right. Uh, the numbers are the, the the lines are open. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Let me just take a quick break and then we'll continue. If you don't mind, uh, Mr. Botelis, a lot of people still here no, are waiting to to ask questions. So we'll do that as soon as we're done with this ad break. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, so we continue with the questions that we have for the Department of the Unemployment Insurance Fund. Um, 0891-104-207 is the number to dial. And then the questions are there by all the listeners that have been calling in. All right, Mr. Um, Abitelis, we, we've got problems. We've got problems with our line and lots of people want to call in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to plead with you if we can maybe arrange for you to come back at another time because now suddenly we can't take the, the calls to air. Would that be possible for from your side? 
I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to come back. Uh, but there, there are emails that are, can I give us? Yes, the please, let's do, the let's, yes. let's do that. Let's do that. For the applications for the for companies who want to apply for the uh, uh, relief COVID-19 relief benefit, mm-hmm. they must send an email to COVID-19 TERS at a then they'll get an automatic response with all the steps that they need to take to apply for the benefit. And we also have a hotline, which is 012-337-1997. Now I'm aware that uh, people have been trying to call this hotline and they've been made to hold for a long time. We are increasing capacity, so we think by next week, uh, we should be able to respond or answer those calls quickly. So those are the two key. Oh, and other thing that I need to mention is for the online uh, applications, mm-hmm. they can go on to the Department of Employment and Labor website, and there is a guide there on how to proceed with that. So they must just follow the guide and send their applications to a list of emails that are outlined on the guide. All right, fantastic. Really appreciate the time you've given us. Makosonke Butelezi is a Director of Communications and Marketing for the Unemployment Insurance Fund there. And we'll, we'll try. We'll try and see if we can't get him at another time to answer some of your direct questions. The number, though, let me just give you the number one more time. It's 0123371997 it's the hotline they have currently where if you are struggling through uh, the 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 platform that they've already given us you can call them maybe somebody will assist you from there